I living the life I really want and deserve? I bet you've asked yourself this very question many times. I certainly have. And every time, finding an answer was anything but a simple task. Like most people, I find it easier to know what I don't want rather than what I really want. And the more I dig into the subject, the more I realize that the search for happiness is an inner journey. You cannot be consistently happy with the external world until you make peace with and feel it is in your inner world. Knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom, Aristotle said. And yet, many of us keep living their life on somebody else's terms. And the more they do it, the more they lose sight of who they really are. The guest of today's show is the author of the best-selling book, The Life Bridge, Your Journey from an Unconscious to a Conscious Life. Urlich Nerlo is in the business of helping people all over the world find their true self, achieve their potential, and live the life they want and deserve. By reading his book, I've learned that to create a happy future, I must wake up in the present time and ask myself the questions, sometimes hard ones, that will help me see my genuine nature. I've also learned that the intellect alone won't take me far in this journey, for intuition and energy play a bigger role in making the universe respond to my desires. If you're looking for inspiration and for a path to follow, to go from the life you're living to the life you want, today's episode will provide. Urlich, it's great to have you on the show. <laughs> thank you so much, Carlo, and thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm very delighted. Did I make a fair introduction? I mean, do you really think that everyone has the potential to live the life they want, despite the challenges life keeps throwing at them? You know, I mean, for the last 10 years, I've been transforming people around the world. And, and I mean, done more than, more, more than 5,000 hours of mentoring now, reaching very soon 6,000 hours of mentoring. And I still get astounded of what a huge potential every single soul is carrying no matter nationality, background, or how, how we grew up or whatever. So, I mean, I feel very proud of, of your introduction. And yes, this is exactly how I feel. And, and my experience tells me that we have no idea about the, the unutilized potential that everyone is carrying around. But it's there, that's for sure. In fact, in your book, you mentioned the word awareness countless times, as if a majority of people live their life in some sort of an unconscious way. Why is that? So I actually think I would like to, to start somewhere else and then explain a little bit more. Because three years ago, there was a, a happening where Dalai Lama was present. And he was asked the question, what do you think is the biggest threat to the world? And he replied, what do you think? <laughs> and the audience came up with a nuclear war, pollution, CO2 challenges, rising waters and stuff like that. And, and he said, very good suggestions, but in my humble opinion, it's missing human insights. That's the biggest challenge in the world. And this is just words, of course, but studies and research has proven that up to 90, 98% of what the average person is doing, thinking and feeling is based on unconscious uh, behaviors, feelings, and thoughts. We know that the average person thinks 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Unconsciously, 80% of those are based on either fears or worries. And 70% of your thoughts you're having today are exactly the same that you had the day before. So it's, it's, it's very much about stopping much more up and become much more reflective and, and much more aware of what is it that you think. 
And I strongly believe in what you think is what you get, which means that if you think positive, you get positive, you think big, you get big, you think, I don't want to become sick, you don't, I don't want to become sick, what will happen? You will become sick. Whereas if you constantly think, I want to be healthy, I want to be healthy, you will be healthy. And, and so very much about, I mean, the things that I do with people is that, first of all, I make them conscious of how they used to think. And then I help people by changing their mindset, by becoming much more conscious of what are the thoughts that I'm filling myself with. And, and it has a huge effect on people because thoughts are energy waves. F- feelings are energy waves. Your whole body consists of 6,000 billion energy uh, cells that are constructing your, your body uh, a structure, which means that your mind or your thoughts and your feelings are highly affecting your energy level in your body. So it's everything is connected and it's so much based on unconscious uh, way of living now. And awareness and consciousness is the key to, to transforming ourselves. But why are people so unaware of their thoughts, uh, in your opinion? Well, I don't know whether you tried this, but I mean, lots of people, when they wake up, they push this button in their bedroom. They have no idea what it is, and they look around and thinking, what, what did I just turn on? And when they come home and go to bed, they push the same button, and they're unconsciously thinking again, what did I just turn off? This is the autopilot life button. And it's, it, I mean, it requires a significant amount of time and energy to become much more reflective. And one of the big questions that I'm seeking the answer to is why is it that it needs to hurt before we stop up? I mean, it's when we get sick, we, we, we get divorced, we lose our jobs. And there needs to be a life crisis before people really stop up. And, and, and why is that? Why do we not teach children from the, from the basic growing up time, schools, uh, kindergarten to, to really become much more reflective? Because we, we constantly just mirroring ourselves. I mean, people, humans are, are like to be with humans. We need to be around humans. And what, what we do is we are mirroring our behaviors with other people, which means that if you go into a company, immediately the first thing you do is that you start to mirror, you start to observe their behaviors within the culture. And immediately you start to adapt, to measure, to not to stick out. And, and when we do so, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to, to dare to, to, to stand out. And, and this is what we never learn. And on top of that, when we keep just repeating everything that we, you did the day after, and it's based on other people's behaviors, other people's opinions or thoughts or expectations, we completely disable our own needs. Now, one of my favorite questions to people is, so, Carlo, who are the three to four most important people in your life? Oh, that's an easy one. I have kids now. Yes. Yes. So they will be my first choice, my twins, Paolo and Lorenzo. So, how important are you for your life? <laughs> of course, as much as them. You are the most important person in your life. So the answer should be me, me, me and me. And this is not about ego, but it's about to really understand that I am the most important person in my life, which means as well that I need to really consider if I don't take care of myself, if I give all my energy away to everybody else and never get anything back, at a certain point, I will not be able to do anything else for the people around me. And this is the first place where people need to start. We need to become aware of that if we do not take care of ourselves, we cannot take care of others. 
And, and, and this is very much as well a, a mindset change, a different way of perceiving life. And it's never about ego, but it's about creating balances of giving and taking. And this is, this is something that so many people could, could start to do already tomorrow by really stopping up and looking at, at the things that we do. I'm very interested to discuss with you two subjects you write extensively in the book and that you just mentioned, thoughts and energy. Yes. Now, if I understood you well, you're saying that what you think, you will attract. Agree. I understand it, and I try to think positive things that I can attract in my life. But I'm wondering, how do people who've been hit hard in life, how can they kind of detach themselves from the terrible experiences they're living and think positively? So I, I don't believe in coincidence. I, I think everything happens for a purpose. And when, when life is trying to teach us something and we don't stop up and, and change based on our experiences, the suffering or the challenges that we are being met with will just keep increasing. I myself have had a very bumpy road and, and really been challenged in a lot of different ways. And two years ago, I needed to restart my business. I was very close of losing everything that I had established and just by going down and down and down until I realized that I was clearly doing something. I was having a behavior. I was having a mindset that was hindering me in actually achieving what I wanted. And by changing this behavior, by changing my way of thinking, everything changed and I'm fully back running in, in, a, in, a, in a very good level again. And it's very much about conscious decision-making. So, I mean, lots of people are saying yes to things where the soul and the heart is telling them to say, why are you saying yes? You're supposed to say no to this. And the other way around as well, why is it that you say no to this where you're supposed to say yes to this? By starting at that point, this, this will change things. Furthermore, when, when people are really suffering, let's just say, I mean, we're in a world crisis right now. Things are dramatically changing all over the world due to COVID-19. This is, I mean, lots of people, unfortunately, are losing their jobs. And, 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 and here's, a, I mean, this is a good time to really work with your mindset and your beliefs. Because if, if you're in a situation where you have your job and you're constantly thinking, I, I hope I will not lose my job. I hope I will not lose my job. You will for sure lose your job. Whereas if you change that mindset to, I'm sure that I will have my job, it changes things because then this is what you attract. This is what you send out. Now, if, if, if you are in the unlucky situation where you have lost your job or you are suffering, if you start to feel sorry about yourself and, and you dig yourself and blame yourself, you will just dig yourself deeper and deeper into to something which is negative. Whereas if you take this as a great opportunity and you start to seek possibilities, instead of seeking limitations, you start to seek possibilities, you will experience that there will be loads of uh, possibilities that are lying right in front of you only because you change your way of viewing life. And, and, and this is the thing. If you're suffering and you, you just, I mean, keep putting focus into the suffering, you will suffer even more. Whereas if you change things to, to really go from black to white, to from negative to positive, you will experience as well that that's loads of opportunities. And properly, you will realize suddenly, you will not discover it. Meanwhile, the process towards reaching the goal, but suddenly you will wake up one day and thinking, oh my God, 
right now I'm in a situation I've never been at. I never felt so felt so great. And 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 actually, what I used to have, I realized was not what I wanted to have. But what I have actually been able to transform myself to is to the life that I actually dreamt for. I was just not aware. Wow, that's fascinating, Ulrich. How can people learn to reprogram themselves and see things from this new perspective you've just explained? I mean, you must appreciate that not everybody was taught as children to think positively. And so with time, they have formed this habit of uh, always seeing the downside of life. So how can they, I mean, they cannot just uh, push a button and uh, change the way they think. Or do you think they can? They, well, they can, it, but, it, but it takes time. I mean, it's a matter of patience. And, and, and I have not been taught to think like this. I mean, I have, I'm a lonely child and I've been very, very lucky to have a, a, a great growing up time. My parents were, were very much caring and were working a lot, yes, but they were, they were always there. And, and so I had a very, very good childhood. But I've, I've also grew up with, with especially my mother. She's always worried. My, well, both my mother and my father, they're always worried. They're still always worrying about a lot of things. So, so to me, transforming myself of, I mean, I'm not living my life in a naive way. Of course, there are things that I'm, I'm concerned about, my, taking care of my children when they go out. I'm concerned sometimes and stuff like that. But letting go of concerns is very much about changing the things that you think about. Because first of all, realizing, am I concerned about things that I can influence on? Lots of people are spending 80% of their time concerned about things they cannot change. I mean, it could be, will I become sick? Or will I lose my job? As we spoke about before. I mean, yes, you can influence it by, by making sure that, that you wear a mask or that you will not be, get into a crowd. This is what you can influence. But, but if you've been standing in a queue somewhere and somebody else has it, you have no influence on this. But nevertheless, if you keep on being concerned about it, it's, it's very it's something that, that, that can take a lot of energy and a lot of time. So terms like sun goes up, sun goes down. This is my favorite term. I mean, good luck by changing that. And, and even though there's loads of people spending tons of time trying to change terms, which you can't. So if you take away all the worrying about of, of the things that you cannot do anything, you have no influence on it, you will be left with approximately 20 to 30% of your, your concerns. Now, these concerns, it's all about you. And the mindset and, and really to, to make the decision, do I want to be concerned about that? It could be money. Lots of people are worrying about money. And, and, and as well, sometimes I'm worried about my financial situation. But I'm really trying to change the mindset. Instead of being worried about my financial situation, I'm getting curious to think, I wonder what the next task is going to be that's going to stop me from worrying. I mean, I'm looking so much forward to, to, for instance, going to Dubai, making a change to corporate CEOs, that can make a change for their lives and make a change for my life so I don't have to be concerned. This is, this is how I think. And, and the interesting thing is that, I mean, when I decide that within the next, I mean, time is an issue because you cannot have an influence on time. So universe is deciding, energy is deciding when is the right moment. But nevertheless, I'm still able to manifest that in the near future, notice the word near future, I would like this and this and this to happen. 
And 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 right now, I mean, I'm experiencing it. I've, for the last two or three months, I've been I defined my dream and I defined what I wanted to happen before end of July, and things are materializing right now. And by doing a, a, a broad podcast uh, as we're doing right now, what that was part of my dream. And suddenly, you're reaching out and say, "Hey, I heard that you have written a book," and so on and so forth. And now we're sitting here. So I mean. When I look at how my dreams have been materializing all through life, I haven't grown up with a trust fund in my back, but nevertheless, it keeps coming and it's, it's dream realizing where the rational brain will tell me, all right, that's never going to happen. And every time I do my keynote speaks, I always say I'm probably one of the most naive people because <clears throat> I, I believe that all my dreams will come true and they keep coming true. And, 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 and this is just, I mean, a proof of concept that, that, I mean, what you think is what you get. And, and if, if, I mean, most people know, have no idea of what they dream of, but they know everything about the things they don't want to have. They don't want to dream of. People know everything about what's not making them happy, but very few people know what actually is making them happy. And, and, and this is the thing we need to change to become more conscious of knowing what is that we do want to have instead of only knowing what we don't want to have. I'd love if you could give our listeners some practical advice to help them differentiate what they want from what they don't want. I mean, that's the most difficult part. Certainly it is for me. What are the questions we should ask ourselves to really understand what is it that we want? Well, first of all, a lot of people are unconsciously under the feeling of, I do not deserve. And this is the reason for that is that a lot of people have higher self-confidence and lower self-esteem. So one of the tasks that I give more or less all people that I work with is a difficult task. It's a strange task. It feels terrible for some people. It feels very strange for other people. But getting in front of a mirror two times a day for two minutes and repeating this sentence, meanwhile, you look yourself in the eyes, which is, I love myself. I am good as I am. I love myself. I am good as I am. This will increase your sense of love for yourself, which is the key to actually feel that I deserve something better in my life. That's first step. Step number one. Meanwhile, you do this. You take a piece of paper and you write first everything down you don't want to have in life. You take a new piece of paper. You put this piece of paper away. Leave it for a few days. Don't look at it, but you take a new piece of paper and then you start to write things down you do want to have. Leave it again a few days. Take both pieces of papers and look at them and experience the difference between how many things you've written down on the minus list and look into all the things you put down on the plus list. This is a scary experience because you will in most cases experience that every time you put three or four things on the negative things you will have one for the positive thing this is a great opportunity because that will force you to actually really dig into as a person as a couple as a family as an organization what are the things we do want to experience and immediately when you start to investigate that when you become curious curiosity is a key word here but to be curious and investigate the positive parts in your life that you do want to see. That is where things start to change. Third thing, I was doing a keynote speak in London three or four years ago, and I heard myself saying, find the answer to what makes you happy, and you have found the answer to everything. 
Writing down every day, what are the three things that have made you happy today? Day after day, make it a small book, put it in your phone, speak around when you have your supper in the night as a family. What are the three best things that has happened today? What are the three things that made you happy today? Putting focus into this changes everything. Because when we start to understand what makes me happy, things change. And it could be it could be huge things, it could be small things. I mean, looking at your jacket you're wearing with your small cloth in the side, that makes me happy because this is classic Italian style. I love Italian styles. It makes me happy. Looking outside my window, sun is shining, all leaves are green, it's it's summer, that makes me happy. A good ice cold glass of water makes me happy. Doing the design of my own shirts, I I had six years in the fashion industry, it makes me happy wearing shirts every day that I designed and they're unique. I love the magical aspects of watches, that makes me happy. I love spending uh, time on meditating in silence with my with myself alone. That makes me happy. I love spending time with my kids, with my wife. It makes me happy. I love a good uh, a meal at a restaurant, but as well, I love cooking. That makes me happy. I mean, there are so many things in life that we take for granted. But actually, when we become a, a conscious of not taking things for granted and become conscious of how do we actually put our focus into the things that makes us happy. Things change dramatically. And, and, and the thing is that we do take things for granted. And, and, and changing this will, will, will increase your sense of, of gratitude, your sense of, of loving your life in a completely different aspect instead of taking for granted and instead of wasting your time and wasting your life on focusing on the negative things that probably never going to occur anyway. Actually, there's a study done that has proven that 96% of all worries, they're never going to happen. Two, the rest of them, the 2% will happen, but it's without your influence. So only 2% of all the worrying that we are having in life will happen, and that you can influence on by changing it. So it's only 2% of our total amount of worries that will see the day of light. So worry less and appreciate what you have more. Absolutely. We take so many things for granted. Our life, our happiness, our freedom, ourselves, our wives, our husbands, our kids, our families, lots. You just mentioned freedom. And and that's an interesting subject. And you wrote about it in the book. And that resonates with me because uh, if I understood you well, you said freedom is subjective. I mean, what makes me feel free doesn't necessarily make somebody else feel free and the other way around. Can you explain? There's a study that has been done several times all over the world that has covered that all people seek the feeling of happiness, true happiness. I believe that's wrong. I believe all people seek the feeling of feeling free, and that creates the feeling of feeling happy. Because if you don't feel free, it's very difficult to feel happiness. But Freedom to me is not necessarily the same as it would be for a Chinese person or for maybe a person in Dubai or maybe uh, uh, a person on Greenland. And, and, and I think this is very important to, 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 to really become curious uh, into what is the feeling of freedom. Well, lots of people are, are putting money into the aspect of freedom. And, and yes, true. I mean, if you have money, 
There are things you can do that others can't do with no money. But having said that, one of my favorite examples is that sometimes when I'm on my way from A to B and I have 10 minutes to, to spare, I, I go somewhere, I sit on a bench, or I sit on, just stand somewhere and let my thoughts just flow through my, my, my mind, not paying attention to it, but I'm just being in that moment. Times like that where time and place stand still is one of the most intense feeling of feeling free to me. And that has nothing to do with money. I could do it in a few seconds. It will cost me nothing. But what it, would, what it will cost me is time. And time is the most valuable thing that we've been granted as people because it's limited and for all of us. And spending time consciously on the things where we feel free and feel happy is, is something that changes life dramatically because it suddenly is a resource that we all bring granted, but lots of us waste it. But feeling free as well, I mean, I, I used to work for the IT industry, highly successful, constantly getting headhunted for huge uh, positions, big, big influence on signing contracts and, and more or less drafting the contracts as I wanted myself. But I, feel ca I felt captured. I didn't feel free. I didn't feel happy. I was suffering. I was making tons of money, but I hated it. And, and letting go, becoming self-employed, sometimes really doing well off financially, sometimes not at all, doing keynote speaks, traveling around the world in a times of COVID, not very good combination, but it's fine. I'll survive. But, but I still feel free. And, 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 you know, I mean, one of the favorite moments is that when I meet with a friend, having a lunch during my weekday and knowing that I shouldn't feel bad about it because it's my own company, I decide what I can do. Or when I sometimes speak with a client, I can feel that we are not the right match. I say no. I say, well, you know what? I, I don't feel that I'm the right person to help you out. And having the freedom and saying no to something. It's one of the most wonderful things in my life that I actually have the possibility to say no. And, and so, so, I mean, there's so many aspects to look into to, to the, the concept of feeling free. But actually starting by realizing what is freedom to me is the first step to do. Let's go back, if you don't mind, to the exercise you spoke about before, writing down the list of things we want and don't want. For me, it's pretty easy to, to write down the things I don't want. But every time I, I, I try to focus on, on what I really want, I end up asking myself, is this my true desire? Or am I being influenced by what I think the people around me expect me to be and have? How can I get rid of this thought? I love your question. So, so Carlo, one of my, the very simple thing that I do with people is that, first of all, I make them realize that most people, when they wake up in the morning, what they do unconsciously is that they start to look out on, on their surroundings. And unconsciously, they're asking themselves, I wonder what the expectations are from the people around me. The mirror exercise, I love myself, I'm good as I am, is very much about changing that because it's all about figuring out what do you expect from yourself and what can you offer other people so so this is one of the keys to accessing what is it that i do want and i had a mentoring with one of my clients a month ago and he said you know what Rick? everything that i dreamt of has become a reality 
The only challenge is that I realized that was not what I wanted. And, and, and this is a perfect example towards your question, because very often what we, what we dreamt about, I mean, when I was 27, I managed to get married, I bought my house, I became my a father, and a year or two afterwards, I realized that everything had become so real too fast. So it had nothing to do with what I actually was dreaming about. I mean, I'm very happy for what I did now, but it was a very tough thing to realize that it, everything had become too much realistic too fast. And, and I think this is very important for people to really, for, as an individual, but as well as couples. I mean, my wife and I, we, every time we have been, um, I've been, I've been married for nearly 20 years now. And, and every time my wife and I in our whole marriage have been going out in the evenings for dinner alone, no children, we've always spoken about what is it that we dream about together and individually. Because, we, we see that things are happening. We are attracting the things, but we are constantly mirroring ourselves and our own needs and our own, own dreams for the future because we are both individuals that have decided to get married. We are a couple. Yes, true. But it's also important to have individual dreams that has nothing to do with the other person. And, and, and sometimes when I'm traveling a lot, I mean, my life purpose is to change as, as many lives as for as, as long time as possible to create a better world and a better tomorrow for as many people as possible. And, and that requires, of course, me to be away from home a lot of times. And, and this, this brings me a significant amount of joy. This is my dream. I'm living my dream every single day. But that, of course, requires as well for me to be away from my kids and family. And, and, and then when I come back, I, I, I talk to my children and ask them, do you understand why dad is not at home? Do you understand why I'm prioritizing to do what I do? And then they say, hey, we, we'd rather have you home, coming home happy, coming home filled with love and happiness and energy. And then you're more away living and living your dream instead of actually being constantly at home, not being happy, not being living out your dream and have low energy. So I think really to become curious again, I mean, you know, I know that I keep repeating myself, but we are not curious. I mean, in average, children ask 4,000 questions a day. Adults ask 40. <laughs> this is why children are so good at learning things, because they're curious. They ask questions. It's like when you meet your, your, your dream boyfriend or girlfriend, everything is new. I mean, it's new questions, new mind, it's physical, it's everything is new. And you're so curious. But at a certain point, this curiosity goes away because you start to be uh, taking each other for granted and you are judgmental or, or you are predicting everything before things are happening. And then curiosity goes away. But when you change and, these things... And we teach them to fear rejection and to fear failure. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge mistake. I mean, the, the, the moments in life you learn the most are when the experiences, uh, when you experience mistake. I mean, when I work with culture and companies, I implement mistake culture. We celebrate significantly mistakes, communicating, hey, we made a mistake and here are the learnings and, and, and the connection to I made a mistake, but what are the learnings? This is where the value is. And, and there's a complete misunderstanding to try to create a, a society 
which is driven towards we cannot make a mistake because this is just hindering us to move forward. And what else do you do at the corporate level? I'd like to know more about your corporate services and uh, what you do exactly to change a corporate culture. So I, I, a lot of the things that I do is that I, I, I work with CEOs and top management teams around the world to really make them uh, utilize and connect to their potential. One of the things that, I mean, most companies around the world are struggling with is to uh, implement their strategies and make people move in the same direction towards the same goal. One of the mistakes that I realized that most companies are doing is that when we start to develop uh, people or, or try to move a company forward, we assume or take for granted that everybody are on the same starting point and move in the same direction. Nobody are on the same starting point and very few people actually connect to moving the same direction. I have found a way to change that and I have a process that I actually changing the ability to get people to move in the same direction in a very fast way. I mean, when you look into challenges that are defined for top management around the world, uh, uh, resistance to change, people not uh, engaging themselves, we have a very low engagement on the workforce. These, these things are, are the biggest hindering. Now, a little bit provocative, but I think it's a fact It's not a problem to change the organization. The problem is to change the top management and especially the CEO. I mean, my perspective, and, and I, I keep getting this confirmed, the CEO in every single organization is the most lonely person in, in, in the organization. And this is why I come into the picture. I help them by working with their frustrations, working with their inspiration, working with their fears. I mean, loads of... I'm, I'm coming out with my new book in the autumn and I have a whole chapter about the fear in the CEO. I mean, there's for a lot of them, and it, it comes into low self-esteem. There's a lot of them, they're, they're doubting their, themselves and, and have the fear of somebody suddenly will realize that what they, what they claim to do that they can't do. And it has nothing to do with the fact they are highly talented. They are very good at things. But the challenge is that if you have a low self-esteem, I mean, if you have a lot of uh, self-confidence, you can persuade the whole world that I'm incredible to what, the, what I do. But if you have low self-esteem, you don't believe what you, you actually persuade the world to, which means that you constantly ask questions towards yourself. You are really tough on yourself. When you take that away and balance these things, you become calm. And calm is the most effective and powerful energy a person can carry because it creates clarity, transparency. It creates stability. And most important, it creates trust. And this is what I do. I create trust in leader groups, top management. And trust creates stability. And it creates the ability to attract talents. And even more important, it creates the lust and the interest for talents to stay in companies. And this is going to be, it is one of the biggest challenges we have right now, but it's going to explode this challenge. You keep saying the word energy. Yes. And, and in your book, that's a very important concept. Everything is energy in the universe, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, 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 well, it's not simple, but it's, it's quantum physics. I mean, okay. and, and quantum physics is one of the theories that has been documented the most intense. The thing is, though, in the corporate world, we have not understood the power of, of working with quantum physics and the laws of physics into our daily life. 
So my, my coming book is going to have the title, The Energy Path, The Art of Leading from the Heart. And it's lots about the energy transformations that I do within inside of companies, because that's actually what I do. I change energy inside the companies based on changing first the individual, then we look into processes, and then we look into behaviors and, and thinking patterns. And we, we clean out what I do define as energy blockades, which can be everything from wrong people and wrong positions. It can be bad leadership. It can be uh, poor uh, communication. It can be too complex. I mean, complexity is killing everything. It can be wrong focus, wrong mentality, low self-esteem within inside the organization, low trust or no trust. It can be, I mean, the majority of, of all people, when they come to work, they come to just pick up their paycheck and leave again, which means that heart, soul, energy stays at home. When we change the corporate culture to actually fulfill the feeling of feeling free, being acknowledged, feeling appreciated instead of feeling, having the feeling of being taken for granted, energy changes in the organization. And yes, energy is everything. I mean, as I said in the beginning, a thought is a feeling. If, uh, sorry, a thought is an energy wave. You can measure it on matter. The same goes for feelings. 70% of the human communication is subconscious communication, which is emotionally subconscious communication, which means it's feelings. And a lot of people have experienced meeting people that are saying one thing and, and doing the right thing, but nevertheless, you still have this feeling inside of yourself. You think, ah, there's something wrong here. What I see is not what I get. And this is where we, the person is, is not aligned between mind, body, and soul. Whereas if you start to really communicate, what I think is what I communicate and how I feel is what I communicate, this is where energy starts to flow. And with, with great energy come great business. And, and with positive energy comes positive business. And it's, it's so severely influencing on everything because, I mean, it's, it starts inside and goes out, which means that the way in is the way out. So when we change energy inside the company, what happens is first that the employees have a huge positive impact on that, which is just strengthen the energy because positive energy harvests positive energy. Now that goes out to the clients or they go out to the suppliers and then they start to talk about the energy. Actually, they sense. It's about a sensing. It's experiences. It's the feeling that you get when you yeah. go into the company. And then it, it, it multiplies by suddenly attracting new challenges, uh, new clients. People start to refer to this company and it's just strengthened more and more and more the power of the company. So it's a substantial change that is just increasing the foundation and the power in the company based on positive energy. How important is to surround ourselves with positive people? Very important. Looking back the last 10 years, there are lots of people that I've uh, made the decision of saying, do I actually get positive energy being with these people or is it neutral or is it actually negative? Yeah. And, I, I, and as well, I mean, do I, does this make me happy? Steve Jobs said, every morning I look myself in the mirror and I ask myself, do I love what I'm just about to do? And every time I realize, I say, no, I change the things that I'm doing. And this is the thing. I mean, look at the things that you do and ask yourself, does it make you happy? Does it contribute positively? And it's not like, I mean, not all things that I do every single day makes me happy, but the vast majority does make me happy. 
And why is it that I'm able to attract fantastic clients? Well, people like being my energy, like to be with me. And, and, and some people define me uh, as their drug because they can be challenged or they can be narrow-minded or they can be negative. And then they come and have me as a mentoring online or, or, or a physical meeting with me and having their menteeship. And then when they go out, they're like, oh, this is what I needed. This is, I, I feel my energy is back. My focus is back. Now I know that I can achieve what I wanted to achieve. But I lost the belief before I came. But because of your positivity, this has changed. So it's extremely important to select the right people to be with to make sure that you're contributing positively energy-wise. And what shall we do with the negative people we love? Shall we get rid of them? Well, I honestly, I don't think there's anyone that's waking up in the morning thinking, today I'm just going to be negative i'm just gonna drain everybody from energy no 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 i know but some people have this attitude towards life true and i get this question a lot and with authenticity honesty and really substantial pure love we are actually able to talk to people about it we're able to make people aware give them a behavioral mirror and make them realize that they actually have a negative energy impact on people. And we do that through curiosity by saying, are you aware of that your energy is quite low? There's difference between low and negative. And then you combine it with, are you okay? So showing an interest in people by actually addressing the low energy changes things. And... It, it, can, it can change lives. I mean, I have a great story of, of it's, it's 20, 20 years ago. I was working in a company. There was this woman. She was very nice, but she was always so low on energy. And when you, you saw her walking towards my, my desk, you were thinking, no, please, not me, not me, not me. And then she came, Ulrich, can I disturb you for a second? And you was like, oh, no, go away, go away. Because you could just feel the energy being sucked out of you. So you were dropping completely dead afterwards. And one day I decided that this cannot go on. So I asked, can I, can I talk to you, to you for a few minutes? And I went into a meeting with her room with her and said, I need to ask you, are you okay? And she said, yes, why? Because every morning when you come to my desk, your energy is so low and I'm worried about you. And she said, no, it's not. Yes, it is. And I gave her three concrete examples on how her energy was negative and low. And she burst into tears and she told me that were things she was doing in the morning and she was building up a fear inside of herself of, uh, of is this day going to be a bad day? So, so she was actually, through her mindset, through her behaviors in the morning, really taking her and draining herself, which was draining everybody else. And after this conversation, we had through a few extra conversations and she managed to change her behaviors. She managed to change her mindset and things completely changed. Now, the beautiful story about this, it was she was single. She's been single for ages. She had come to the conclusion she would never find a husband. And a year and a half afterwards, she got married and her life completely changed just by me actually making her aware of her low energy. And, and, and this is, we, we shouldn't be scared of actually helping people to become aware of the low or high energy that they're carrying around. I love that, Ulrich, because there are so many 
shall we say, self-titled uh, life gurus uh, who keep saying online and offline, get rid of the negative people around you, doesn't matter if they are your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, just get rid of them. Which is unfair in a way, isn't it? You should rather help them change and uh, make them aware of their energy impacting their surroundings. True, true. I mean, and, and, and yes, of course, I mean, uh, when I work with corporates, when I go into the organization, I always tell the top management, look, very good at each other today because in a year one third of you are not going to be in the room and then pause and then i tell them i'm not going to fire you there's nobody most likely there's nobody going to be fired here but you will wake up and realize that you mentally and emotionally and energy wise have left the company for years but you're still here and that's going to be a beautiful moment because you're going to wake up and realize that you need to move on We're going to help you on to move you on, which is going to make you happy, increase your energy, because you're going to set yourself free. And when we bring a new person in, we're going to make him happy. He's going to, he or she is going to contribute positively, energy-wise, happiness-wise, to the emotions, to this company. That's a win-win. And this is a fact. People are stuck in the past. They're waiting for the future and missing out on the present moment. And when people are stuck and just coming every day on autopilot, not realizing why they're coming, we are draining the company. And this is what we need to become much more conscious of. And sometimes, of course, there are people who cannot see themselves. This is why I'm a mentor for, for the top management. I make them realize how they are and how they are, what they are doing. And sometimes there are people who cannot see themselves because they refuse to see it. And in those cases, you need to check them out. And, and I've, of course, unfortunately been, been a part of a lot of people checking out of their, their jobs. But the beautiful story is that in 99% of the cases, these people have returned afterwards and said, Ulrich, it was really, really tough on me when this happened. But thank you. This is one of the biggest gifts that I've ever received. Thank you for actually seeing things that I was not able to see myself. And that's where your signature model, the bridge model, comes into place, right? Heart and cloud. Yes. So, so the, the, the life bridge model is very much about putting all the love, happiness, and appreciation into the present moment and putting 50% of all your resources and consciousness into that part and putting 50% of all the curiosity, energy, and consciousness into what is it that you do want to have in, in the future, so your dreams. So the cloud is representing your dreams, and the heart is representing the love for the present moment. And the bridge is a, an illusion for time, because I realized through my own journey that every time I'm able to be crystal clear on both these two elements, and the more I become balanced on these two by 50-50, the shorter time there is between the existing day-to-day -day and the visual day for tomorrow. But immediately, I become un uh, impatient, or I try to steer energy, or I put mistrust into it. The bridge expands, and the further the distance becomes between present day-to-day -day and the visual day for tomorrow. So, I mean, energy you can steer. This is the thing. I mean, this, this is also a very big part of what I teach top management you need to lead with energy but you can never manage or steer energy i work with with leadership for the future 
and is, com- I mean, constantly being confirmed by future researchers at universities around the world. When I'm in Silicon Valley working with some of the large organizations there, they are highly curious into my knowledge about energy because they can see that this is going to be a foundation for the future. And the funny thing is that it's actually based on quantum physics, which is back to Einstein. So, so it's really good to take the knowledge from the past and bring it into the strength in the, for the future. We are now getting near to the end of this conversation, this inspiring conversation. And I'd love to conclude speaking about the principle of attraction, which is also pretty much the end of your book. True. In which you basically give readers a roadmap to attract what they want in life. So most people have probably heard about laws of attraction. But, uh, and I have a, one of my, my mentee, sorry, my, one of my mentors, she's working in Paris, she's American, and she actually has a PhD in laws of attraction. And what she discovered loads of years ago is that it's not a law, it's a principle. And what, what very few people are actually aware of is that there's two steps before the principle of attraction, which is principle of quality, a principle of intensity. Principle of quality is that uh, the importance of actually putting as much details and quality into the defi- definition of the dream. If, if you just have, example, I have a dream car or I want to travel. Great. Where do you want to travel? I don't know. Not detail enough. And then you call me again and say, Ulrich, I, I know when I want to go. Why, you, why do you want to go? Well, I want to go to the U.S. Cool. I love the U.S. Why do you want to go into the U.S.? I don't know. Go home. I want, to go to the, I want to go to New York. It needs to be end of October because I always dreamt about running the New York Marathon. There's a fair in Washington in, in beginning of November that I want to combine it. And by the way, my friend John, he has his birthday in that period. So I can meet with him as well. This is principle of quality. As many details as possible is what creates your ability to move into the specific attraction, which is principle of intensity. This goes as well back to your questions of, imagine you lost everything, you lost your job. Most people would probably seek wide, which is a huge mistake. The more narrow you can get, the easier it is for your network to help out but as well the easier it is for the universe and to the energy around you to contribute for you to move towards the specific dream. Because principle of intensity is where you actually accelerate energy. And coming back to the life bridge, which is very much connected to principle of attraction, because with below the sky in the life bridge model is the full philosophy about which is, is, is based on, on principle of attraction, which means that the life bridge is actually generating energy around its full process, which means that you're attracting energy to the present moment, which is bringing you forward to the wishful thinking for tomorrow. And principle of intensity is, for instance, if you want to, you figure out, I want to move. Why do you want to move? What kind of house, which kind of area, what size, which style. And when you've defined that in your principle of quality, this is why you can move into principle of intensity, which would be to go out looking at houses in the area, or you might have found the specific house, go for walks, 
imagine that you are living in the house by visualizing. The brain cannot distinguish between a visualization and a fact, which means that immediately that you visualize the picture in your head, the brain believes that you're already there, which increases the energy attraction as well, which moves you forward. Now, constantly by working with this, or you, if it's a, a dream client, or if it's a dream journey, it, you go on YouTube, you read about it, you, you find picture of the places, you define the route you, you want to go if you're traveling around, or you, you visualize that you're sitting with the client signing the huge contract, you're visualizing, this, uh, visualizing the, 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 the way that you cooperate. An example, when the founder of IBM founded IBM, already at that point, he had visualized how will our buildings look like around the world? What would be the classical IBM employee? How would they dress? How would they communicate? How would they behave? What kind of leadership style would we embrace? And so on and so forth. So he had visualized everything. And every time he made a decision, he went back to the dream. And he made his decisions based on that. And, and, and this is what intensifies principle of intensity. And when you put principle of quality and and add principle of intensity, that is what is creating principle of attraction. And, and, and ever since I was introduced to this eight years ago, and really start to work with it and, and combine it with my life bridge model, my dreams and my ability to attract my dreams has exploded in a way that I've, I mean, the rational brain would tell me this is not possible, but it's constantly being proven to me that it is possible. I need to ask you a question to understand the, the, the principle of quality and the degree of uh, precision one can exercise. So let's say I'm looking for a job and you say, narrow your choice. I want to be hired by that company or I want to start a relationship with that person. What happens if that company, that very company does, does, does never call me or that person doesn't want to have a relationship with me? What shall I do in this case? So one of the things is a good question, actually. So narrowing things down, I help a lot of people every year that comes to me and say, I'm tired of my job. Can you help me figure out what I should do? And, and of course, I say yes, because this is a very big part of what I do. And the thing is that most people ask the wrong question because they ask me, can you figure out what I should do? And they come up with a lot of different things, which is just stupid things. But it's actually not the question we should seek. The question we should seek is what makes me happy? When we actually start to discover and document to ourselves what is it that makes me happy, you are much more able to define what kind of job is it that I do want to work with. And of course, specifically narrowing it down to this company makes it even more difficult because time we have no influence on. So again, there's lots of people ask me, isn't that dreams that not coming true? And I always say, no. They just haven't come true yet. And at the same time, I'm telling everybody, the moment that I have everything that I dream of, I would rather die. So back to your question. Becoming specific means that which area, which tasks, what kind of size of company, what kind of responsibility, what kind of uh, sector is it that I do want to work? And then you might you get further further narrowed down. 
You could say, I want to work with this company. And I do that by attracting clients as well. I said, I want to work with this company. And then I name the company. So give you an example. For the last three years, four years, I said, I'm, I'm highly inspired by Elon Musk. I think he, he has, uh, I mean, very, very interesting perspectives to, to look into. And I told everybody, I know that at a certain point, somehow I will have a connection with him. And in December 18, it's a long story, and I, uh, I'm working with another project. But nevertheless, Elon Musk's PA heard about the project through one of my other clients who is American. And just before Christmas, on the 22nd of December, I received an email. I was like, what? And it says in the header, Elon Musk. And it's like, dear Mr. Nalo, I heard about your project. We are very interested in getting some more understanding of what about what is the product about. Could you supply us with more information? And and this is just, I mean, honestly, Ulrich Nalo, Denmark, hello, here I am. What are the the I mean the the possibilities if you have some sort of mathematic that would calculate what are the statistic chances of me receiving an email like this? Close to zero. Yeah. Nevertheless, here we are. And again, I mean, I had no idea of how long it would take. It took two and a half years. I didn't steer time. I was just, I'm sure that this will occur. And it occurred. Uh, and, no doubts. And, and no, I don't no doubt it. in you. No. Okay. No. And this is the thing. I mean, if you put doubt into your beliefs, you don't believe. Everything is possible. Well, if when I tell that to my son, he would say, I like to fly. I like to be able to fly. And of course, there's a physical limitations. But, but yes, true. Everything is possible. The impossible just takes a little bit longer time. <laughs> Lovely. Before I say grazie mille for this conversation, Ulrich, is there a one last message you'd like to send to our listeners, and particularly to those who are struggling at the moment, and they are the ones who need you more? I know this might be difficult to take in, especially if you're suffering, but everything happens for a reason. And in, in 2018, I was suffering severely myself, And one of the when it was one of the worst times, some of my very very dearly friends in London called me and said, "Can you can you afford a flight ticket to London? Could we get together and then let's brainstorm on what's going on and let's see if we can help you out." And and this is what I did. I, I flew to London and I spent three days with them. And during this this process, one of my one of my friends asked me, "Have you ever heard about the states of Mesomorphus?" And I hadn't. And the stage of mesomorphia is what happens when the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. And what happens is that when the caterpillar goes into its, its stage of transforming, what happens is that every single cell kills itself. But every time the cell has killed one cell, it generates a new cell. And... When the final stage has been processed, the caterpillar wakes up as a butterfly. Now, the purpose of life of a caterpillar is eating leaves and growing, which means that it's taking. 
The purpose of life of the butterfly is to share, to bring things in instead of taking. And 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 this is this is what I've been through. I was in a state of metamorphosis, transforming myself for being focused on taking and transforming myself into giving. And I know, and it was it was really difficult to me as well to see the meaning on actually suffering so hard, so long, so severe. But right now, that period is one of the toughest periods that I've been through and then one of the most meaningful periods that I've been through. And 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 this is this is it. I mean every storm never lasts forever. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. We have a huge influence on how we can come through these processes that we go through. And it's your decision as well if you think different, if you think positive, if you force yourself to let go of your negative energy, if you put energy into the things that makes you happy, the things that generate energy, the storm will last shorter and the light will come earlier. Ulrich Nerlo, author of the book The Life Bridge, Your Journey from an Unconscious to a Conscious Life. Thank you for being on Lux and Tech. Absolutely fantastic to be here and great talk and great questions and thank you so much. Hope to, uh, to see you soon again. Mm-hmm.